Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host, Ashton Overholt. Ashton, people say that there are some weeks in college football that are down weeks. We know better. Last week did not disappoint. It may have looked not that great going into it, but it ended up being a great week. A lot happened. How much did you enjoy Saturday? Uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. It's it's one of the weeks where it sneaks up on you. Um, you're, yeah, you're sitting there kind of for the noon slate or early afternoon slate of games and, and you're just sitting there watching it and suddenly it's like, like, oh my goodness, this team's losing. It's the third quarter. They're <laughs> still losing. And like, this has playoff implications. Yeah, there was, there was a, just a lot that happened. We got, there were some contenders that emerged and some pretenders that, uh, kind of faded away over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed I missed more of it than I would have liked. I was playing in our local Turkey Bowl four on four flag football tournament. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was fun. But I and I did manage to get a lot of the evening games and some highlights from earlier games in. So let's right. yeah, let's just dive into it. All right, let's start with Vanderbilt and Florida. Vanderbilt beats <laughs> Florida thirty one to twenty four. One week after we were really giving a lot of props to Florida for the way they demolished <laughs> South Carolina. More on that later. <laughs> Um, Vanderbilt got their fifth win of the season, their second SEC win. Yeah. Well, man, what, what happened here? Who knows? I, I have no <laughs> earthly idea. Um, Anthony Richardson for Florida, he threw for three touchdowns and 400 yards, and they lost the game to Vanderbilt. Like, mm. no, none of it makes sense. You, you won't, you'll never comprehend it. Vanderbilt threw for 108 yards. 400 to 108, almost 4x the passing yards, but Vanderbilt wins. There was a special teams touchdown in there. Florida was sloppy. You you don't want to go and say that you can just chalk it up to being a first-year head coach. Um, Kirby Smart also lost to Vanderbilt in his first year, um, and, and Georgia wasn't very good. Like Obviously, that's turning out well. But it does feel that it may not be implications for this year, but this will have implications for Florida's coach, Billy Napier, in years to come. Like, mm-hmm. like when, when they're looking back for data points and, and reference, like, is he doing a good job or not? You'll always be able to point to the 2022 Vanderbilt game <laughs> where you lost it. You were, you were clearly the better team. Like Florida is always the, the, the more talented team and they couldn't run the ball and they didn't like, they didn't really stop the run. Like, yeah, it was an opportunistic Vanderbilt team, which is really the only way that Vanderbilt can win. And I, I like this. Vanderbilt actually rushed the field afterwards, but they did it neatly in single file. They had, they were ushered out. They were ushered out of the stands um, and, and onto the field. It took a really long time and I don't think they, they got everyone on there, um, but rushing the field as only Vanderbilt really could. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's great. That's good stuff. Just the fact that they are going into the final week of the year with a chance of going bowling is, is incredible. Yes. Uh, are you still ready to fire uh, Clark Lee? No. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. The, the, the chance. Okay. I had the over for them too on this right. season, yes, this season win total and, and yeah, covered easily. I was not sold on him, but for Vanderbilt to win, this is how they have to do it. Like you have to pl- yeah. you have to be opportunistic. You have to not make mistakes and you have to seriously capitalize on any possible mistakes that your opponent might make. 
Yeah. This is how you do it. And you got, yeah, you get, you get outgained, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, no props to them. It's, it was, a they were well coached. They, they out schemed Florida and they, they out coached them. Like overall, that was just a, a, a thorough out coaching job from Clark Lee and, and Vanderbilt. So no, he back-to-back wins for Vanderbilt. Um, and they have a chance if they, Beat Tennessee. I mean, how crazy is that? That's three straight SEC wins in a row. They would be six and six. They would go bowling. Probably not going to happen, but that line is actually sneaky close. So I'm just saying it's looking up for Vanderbilt right now. That's right. Okay. TCU was down against Baylor. Their playoff hopes just holding on by a thread. They rush onto the field and kick a game winning field goal as time expired. They win 29 to 28. Ashton, yeah. what did you think about this game? Did you were you able to catch a lot of it? A, a bit, yeah, especially to, to towards the end um, when it when it kept getting close. Uh, TCU was one of my locks at three. Um, I felt actually pretty confident, even throughout the game. I always felt like like they'll they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Um, that last the, literally last second field goal with no timeouts and it was fourth down, so you couldn't spike the ball. So the clock's yeah. just ticking down. And they have to go full on fire drill, get all our offense, all, all the kicking, all the, the special teams unit on. And they snapped the ball with like three or four seconds left. And it was yeah. like, I was just sitting there. I'm not a TCU fan. I don't have a dog in the fight. I mean, my cover was long lost. I, I wasn't going to win that one. But I was just like, oh my goodness. Like playoffs, <laughs> man. This is the play yeah. under TCU and this is the playoffs. And and it comes down to that, really? And and at the end, um, Sonny Dykes was like, yeah, like it was like a little sketchy. It was like, oh, buddy, like I don't uh, – you, you do not understand what like, – we just have different definitions of, of what sketchy really is, I guess. But, yeah, I, I – hey, good for them. The Horned Frogs on a week where a lot of teams, playoff caliber teams, did not make it through. TCU Horned Frogs continue their unbeaten streak, currently a playoff team if the season ended today. Good for them. A win's a win, right? That's right. Yeah. Honestly, just talking about the way that they they made that last field goal. You, you mentioned, I mean, sprinting onto the field. The kicker yes. didn't even like step it off at all. He just like oh, stood in the spot oh. where he thought he might supposed to be. Like, just basically guessed at where he's supposed to be standing, and he nailed it. I mean, it was. It looked like they had practiced that a lot. It, it was all beautifully done. They didn't even have time to step it off, and they still made the field goal. I don't think people realize, like, that's got to be actually pretty difficult. And they pulled it off, made it look almost easy in a way. Uh, nothing about it looked easy to me. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I'm glad that it, it looked – the result looked easy. But, yeah, I mean, completely winging it. Like, the, the kicker, he just kind of like, I think this is probably where I'm – oh, and there's the ball, and go. Okay, yep. and – oh, it went in. And – was like, uh, oh my goodness! It's, it's one of those things where I was watching with no volume, and like I didn't listen. I wasn't listening to the announcers at the time, and it was just like, oh, oh, like there's no time. Like you're just sitting there, just get, getting nervous for him. Again, don't have a dog in the fight, but like guys, the play, like the playoffs, but the playoffs. That's all I could think about at the time. You can't blow this. Good, good for them. Good for the Horn Frogs. Absolutely. All right, another another playoff team potentially that escaped. Michigan beats Illinois, nineteen to seventeen. Um, some questionable officiating. I, I'm not going to get caught up in it. I wasn't watching the whole thing. Yeah. But they managed to escape. I mean, we say winning is all that matters. Obviously, I would. I think it's pretty clear that they were looking ahead to the game against ISA. Is that fair to say? Um, m- Maybe, I guess. 
Yeah, whatever. Like or did Illinois, Illinois just play well and Michigan's not that good? Or what? Illinois, <laughs> no, some some of both. No, no. I I I mean I think Michigan Michigan's good. They're I mean they're a yeah. deserved top four team right now. Not saying that I think Michigan I'm or sorry Illinois under Bielema is physical. Like they're a handful, sure. especially in the in the cold, not great conditions. They're going to come at you, try to just hit you in the mouth and run the ball and play good defense. That's that's always what Bielema's done, no matter where he's been, or Arkansas or Wisconsin, wherever he's he's coached. That's mm-hmm. that's his calling card, right? And and good for them. That's that's what Illinois does, and, and they're very respectable, no doubt. But yeah, I expected more from Michigan. Another another late field goal to take the lead, and we also learned that offensive pass interference just doesn't really get called in the Big Ten, especially <laughs> on fourth downs, and especially if it's Michigan doing it. So Bielema did he did. Um, it's it's you have to be really careful, but I think he's kind of perfecting the thing where I didn't say it, but like I liked a tweet that said that the refs, you know, right. you know, like the, re- that, that he, he liked to, he liked a tweet of a video um, just of, of, it was a clear pick from the Michigan receiver on a fourth down late in the game. And, and it would have, yeah, probably would have iced the game for Illinois. Um, but yeah, he's not going to get fined for it. Good for him. It's, it's an art. I like that art form. Right. So Blake Corum went out with an injury. Yes. I think people are saying he's probably going to play. Any any concern there for Michigan because they've been riding him so hard like he he basically has become their offense. They they have others like I that is that is important to note they have others but, but Donovan Edwards is out too and he was kind of the main number fair. two guy. Fair no fair enough no Corum is is definitely I mean he's a Heisman contender still at this point this late in the season with a big game against Ohio State could win the Heisman um, if he finishes strong. So like his stats are very comparable to like Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, like in their Heisman yeah. Heisman winning years. So um, he's yeah not much getting not getting much buzz for it now, but but he could here in a little bit. But wh- one thing I did notice is that like he was back on the field, like he wasn't like in a walking boot or anything. He was suited up again. I think he's going to be fine. Like it's hard to know. It's really hard to know. And like would Michigan even tell us if he wasn't going to be fine? No, like pr- probably not. But just from sitting there watching the game, like you, you feel like he'll probably he'll probably be back. Like he has to be. Like right. if there's any chance that he can like walk, <laughs> like they'll shoot him up with enough painkillers to get him out there. So yeah. Okay, yet another team in the top four that struggled a bit. Ohio State beat Maryland forty three to thirty. Maryland had the ball deep in their own territory with about a minute minute to go, uh, yeah. and then there was a I don't know if it was officially ruled a fumble return for a touchdown or an interception return for a touchdown by Ohio State, um, but they managed to win by two scores. I don't know that it ever really felt like Ohio State was in serious, serious danger, but like they definitely let Maryland hang around a lot more than they would have liked. What are, do you have any takeaways from this game? Um, we mentioned people in walking boots. Travion Henderson, the running back for Ohio yeah. State, actually was in a walking boot at the end of that one, so he got dinged up um, pretty good. The freshman Hayden came in like he ran the ball well. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that. But CJ Stroud also limping around, like, yeah, Ohio State didn't look good. The final score is a little deceiving. If you just go look at the box score, it's like, oh, 13 points on the road, but no big deal. Michigan, yeah, Maryland had a chance to drive to to win that game with like a minute left. They, they were never going to, um, but they had the chance. They had an opportunity. Michigan and Ohio State probably both looked looked over past this this week's games onto the game against each like the big game next week. They probably did. There's probably some of that. Um, part of it, Maryland and Illinois are good teams and can kind of sneak up on you when you're not prepared for something like that. So yeah, credit to Ohio state in the end, you, yeah, you, you won the game. You won by two scores. You're fine. You're just hoping to get guys healthy for next week, pretty much. 
Um, the injuries to Ohio State, I would say, would maybe be a little more concerning than the injuries to Michigan at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, completing the theme of top four teams in the country all struggling in close wins Saturday, Georgia beat Kentucky 16-6. to uh, I don't know. There's a lot to take away from this. You're the resident Georgia fan. What did you see in this game? This was, I don't know. Final score was also deceiving. Like, Georgia completely controlled the game until – they didn't way late in the game, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. W- Will Levis is not the guy that's going to beat you. Like not, he's not going to beat that defense. Um, yeah. The, Kentucky pretty much just took all the air out of the ball early on in the first half. Georgia only had three possessions. They, they kicked three field goals and drove every, like they never really punted in the first half, but like, yeah, they, they, they didn't convert in the red zone. The game, if you play this game 10 times, Georgia blows out Kentucky, probably like seven or eight of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just was one of the times where it was close, but it was a convincing two score win. Yeah. Against a tough team on the road. Like it's just, it's kind of what everyone went through this week. Um, and yeah, you, you, you managed to win and you were definitely the better team there. Like it wasn't nothing fluky about that win. So I'm fine. Like everyone's healthy. Um, Jalen Carter's back on the defensive line and playing really, really well, um, mm-hmm. for Georgia. So as a Georgia fan, I'm, I'm feeling good. Like we're going to go play Georgia Tech, and then play LSU. Yeah, like, and, and probably go to the playoff if you take care of business there. So I'm good. Like, I'm good with where we're at. Um, it Was it red zone offense a little disappointing? I think it hasn't. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I really think that will be fine. Great. Okay, at a game that I'm guessing neither one of us watched at all, Iowa beat Minnesota 13-10. to We knew going in it was going to be just a defensive slugfest. I would assume, based on the score, that's probably what happened. Any takeaways from Iowa beating Minnesota 13-10 to and kind of not clinching the Big Ten West, but sort of putting themselves in clear front-running position to repeat as Big Ten West champs? The the Big Ten West as a whole. It, so there's a lot of teams is it at 7-4 and four now. There's four teams at 7-4, and four, if I'm yep. looking at that right. I'm yep. looking at, yeah, looking at the standings now. Iowa with a win next week gets to go gets to go to the 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 conference championship game. They mm-hmm. they get to rep, um, yeah win the the West and, and represent um, in the Big Ten. Yeah, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota also all also seven and four. I did I watch it? No, <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wasn't this one where the over under was like the point total was like at thirty two? Like something just ridiculously yeah. low, and like we were laughing at it. Like oh, we should probably take the under on that because, yeah, that's <laughs> obviously going to just be a, a absolute slugfest. Thirteen to ten. Yeah, I guess I guess we 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 got what we paid for with that one. So yeah, I is is Iowa any good at all? Like, is there anything to being like being able just to hold teams to low low point totals? Like, is how about this? Let me just rephrase. Is Kirk Ferentz fine? Is his job secure? Yes, I think Kirk Kirk Ferentz's job is secure. Uh, I still think Brian Ferentz is, is he's got to leave. Um, You're not going to do it. Not going to do it. I, I think it's going to happen. I, I think my prediction is that Brian Ferentz is gone after the year. Yeah. Um, the offensive coordinator, for those that are not sure. But, yeah, by the way, like you mentioned that we didn't watch this game. The, the the fact is, we have watched Iowa and Minnesota enough this year. We absolutely did watch this game because every <laughs> Iowa game is exactly the same. And Minnesota has a little more variance, but we kind of know who they are too. They're sort of like Iowa. 
maybe a bit more volatility. Um, their highs are maybe a little higher, their lows a little lower. Um, is that fair Did to you say? Know, <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Minnesota ran the ball for 312 yards. Wow. Iowa ran the ball for 50, 59. Just, wow. just throwing that out there, Iowa won 13 to 10. Make it make sense? You won't. Not for me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Ibrahim for Minnesota, by the way, he's a beast. He ran for almost, well, he ran for 263 and a touchdown. That's, you hate to lose a game. <laughs> you hate to lose a game where you dominate them in rushing like that. That's crazy. That is crazy. By the way, Spencer Peters had over 200 passing yards on 9.2 yards per attempt, which is astonishing. Like, is that the most astonishing passing line of the day? <laughs> Sorry, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but yeah, well, let's just let's let's, let's wait until we get to uh, South Carolina, Tennessee. Yeah, that's all okay, right. That was enough Iowa, Minnesota to talk. We'll move on. There we Georgia go. Georgia Tech upset North Carolina, 21 to 17. North Carolina, probably the lowest ranked team that still had an outside shot at the playoff. That's going yeah. now. Um, Georgia Tech seems like they're playing a little better better under the interim Brent Key and North Carolina. I mean. You can give props to Georgia Tech and also realize, like, and also just, you kind of have to fault North Carolina for this. He scored 17 points against Georgia Tech's defense. What What is that? Yeah, all in the first half, too, for Oof. North Carolina. Drake May lost the Heisman Trophy, or any any chance he had at it um, is, he's not going to be getting um, that trophy this year with this performance. It wasn't totally all his fault. He did, he had a late fourth quarter. Well, it was a fourth down pass, and the fourth quarter would have been a go-ahead touchdown. <laughs> that was just dropped. Like, oh, just yes. plain dropped in the end zone. So, yeah, you you feel bad. By Josh Downs, by the way. Right, right. Who's, like, all, I mean, such a good receiver overall. Like, like yeah. we're a big Josh Downs guy, or at least I am. Yep. And yeah, think think that he's going to be a, a good pro. And that's just not a yeah, that's just not a play that that happens to him very much. So, I, Georgia Tech, they're frisky. Georgia Tech is a they're a frisky team under um, under the interim coach. Any chance that guy just gets the full time gig? He's been kind of rumored. It's like maybe maybe he might, but they're definitely fighting. Like that, yeah. that program is definitely showing up for him. Um, kind of the same as like what Auburn's doing with Cadillac Williams a little bit. Like they're mm-hmm. showing up and just, they're at least fighting. And maybe we're not the most skilled, um, but we're going to show up and, and like, we're going to, we're going to really go for it for four quarters. So yeah, good for Georgia tech. Um, they have Georgia this week. That'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah. They're going to get a, it's, that could be a bloodbath there though. Uh, there is just to answer your question. Like there, I think there's some whispers out there that maybe Georgia tech is a little, low on cash at the moment um sure. and so he would be the cheap option like if you're trying to save some money for several years yeah and, you know pay off the buyouts and and then maybe hire a bigger name guy in a couple years i i guess i could see that i also feel like that's a really tough sell like for your fan base and your boosters like you might see even less cash coming in if if that's the route you choose to take i don't know then again if they're playing this hard for him maybe it's the right decision yeah, you're, you're either a, a football program or you're not. Like, I think you, you have to be careful in these times. It's kind of like the arm race of, of money right now yeah. for, like, college football. Yeah, you want to be careful not to get too many levels down because it's going to get – you're not going to be able to get back up again. So, yeah, yeah Georgia, Georgia Tech needs to get good and soon because the rivalry between them and Georgia is not even fun anymore. Yeah, that's a, actually a really great analogy. I mean, if you study World War One history at all, you just the, the – the weaponry that had come along. I mean, you, at the beginning of World War One, you have 
you have whole regiments like not even wearing metal helmets and stuff and they're going against ridiculous artillery and it's just that yeah. like yeah. if you want to hang around in college football you need to step up to the arms race you need to spend 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 and so huge offseason coming up for georgia tech not saying that they can't win with brent key just saying that you need to you need to invest in your program as a whole right so part of that That's is right. assistant coaches and all of that we saw that with duke this last offseason they paid yeah. their assistant coaches i think they're like third or fourth in the acc now and look duke duke had the best year they've had in a long time they they had a yeah. really good football year i'm just saying just saying spending matters it does huge yeah. All right, South Carolina, Tennessee. This game, I don't know that we have a more astonishing result to me, to me, this entire season. Now, Ashton, mm -hmm. you took South Carolina, I think, plus 22 as, as your lock, one of your locks of the week. I was right. on the other side. I took Tennessee to cover three touchdowns. Um, well done by you. The spread was wrong by six touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Well, so I don't want to come on here and just, yeah, act like holier than thou. And I, I clearly saw this coming, but you you really could kind of see it coming. Like Tennessee, Tennessee is a very talented football team. There's no doubt. Hen and Hooker and the receivers that they have are incredible. And it looks awesome. It does. They're 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 good. Tennessee's legit good this year. But there there is a thing of the, the talent, the, the depth, like how much depth do you have late in the year on the road? Like, do you have the dudes down the depth chart? Like, like what are, what are, yeah. What, what are your second, third stringers, fourth stringers? How, how do they match up? And do you have, do you have the ability to be, to take everyone's best shot and still be on top? It's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do what Ohio state does in Michigan in Alabama and Georgia. That's really difficult to do. Tennessee's finding out how difficult it, it, it is to do because that stadium was rambunctious. Like from the opening kick, that place was awesome. South Carolina, the, the offense could not be stopped. Like it's when, when you have a, a something that was this wild, 63 points is a lot for anybody to put up. And Tennessee actually had a pretty good defense. I think they were top 15, like overall. And for, for this to happen, it's just like – yeah, that, that was that was South Carolina playing really well and Tennessee's defense like almost quitting. <laughs> like Tennessee's defense had pretty much stopped playing. Spencer Rattler threw for 438 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. He only had so he had six touchdowns, only seven incompletions. He was spinning it. Like that, that's what we wanted. Um, that's what we thought we were getting, like for from him the whole time, really. Like when he's the five star, the I mean, just like 15 months ago, this guy was the number one overall projected pick for for an NFL draft. Overall, like this guy was a Heisman front runner, the whole thing. And this it, nights like that kind of remind us why. Like he has the arm talent, and when they want to come out and just be aggressive, they can. They have some really good playmakers down the field to throw the ball to. I think that really surprised Tennessee. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, the whole thing just kind of snowballed on them and Tennessee never had, they don't have the talent in their depth chart to really stop something snowballing. Like that's a game where Alabama or Georgia finds a way to get out of there with a three point win. And everyone talks about like, Oh, is Georgia bad? You know what I mean? Like is Georgia a little mm -hmm. overrated? Like they struggle with South Carolina. This is what happens when you're not Georgia or Ohio state or whoever 
you kind of get steamrolled. <laughs> like sometimes that those nights just happen. So I was really impressed with South Carolina, Tennessee, not, not really unimpressed with Tennessee. I guess that's kind of who I thought they were the whole time. Like I mm-hmm. thought they were maybe a little overinflated because they had a good offense. I, I think that's kind of what happens when you have a good offense, you get just like too much love. Like everyone just thinks, Oh, they're so fun. Um, and yeah, turns out you, you really need to be able to get pressure and be disruptive on defense and Tennessee's not right now. So you said a lot of things about Tennessee, um, not being all that legit to me personally, the bigger story is South Carolina coming into this game, South Carolina, their previous high points scored in, in sec play was 38 against Vanderbilt. Coming into this game, Spencer Rattler had eight touchdown passes in 10 games yeah, and yeah. nine interceptions. Yeah. Six against Tennessee, the number five team in the country. So you can say all these things about you know, that's what's going to happen to you if you're not actually that deep. What about the flip side? What about South Carolina? Why did it take until game 11 for them to have this kind of <laughs> – they had some good performances against terrible teams, Charlotte, South Carolina sure. State. Sure. But why did it take until game 11 for, for this to happen in, against a decent opponent? I mean, they lost to Missouri. They scored 10 points against Mizzou. They scored six yeah. against Florida a week earlier. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Seven, seven days before. Yeah. What? Uh, how do you explain the South Carolina side of it? <laughs> I don't think you really can. Like, like the, the the only thing that I really have to offer is the fact that South Carolina had been straight up neglecting their best players on offense, their playmakers. Jaheim Bell was a he's a tight end for them. He played running back in this game, where it's pretty much like we just have to get him the ball. Um, DK Joiner, uh, he played some like some wildcat quarterback, ran for two touchdowns. That's a guy that's really really talented, but almost all year he he would barely even get snaps. Like he would barely even get on the field. Super talented guy. Down the, like Josh Van, Josh Van, the mm. receiver, is a legit guy at receiver. He's a ball player. And yeah, two touchdowns for him. Juice Wells. Like, like they finally, I think they just enabled they, they had no choice. I think they had no choice. They knew they had to put up points and like, hey, we're just gonna go out swinging. Like, we're just gonna go and just get the ball to our best guys. And if we lose, so what? Like, we have we have zero things to lose here. Let's just go and try to win. And yeah, and, and it worked, and then it kept working, and they're like, well, shoot, we'll just keep kind of running the same play and the same play again. And Tennessee never stopped it. Like they ran one play. It was like three or four times in a row, whereas, yeah, it was wide open every single time. So, no, it's good for them. I, I don't know if this will be enough for Marcus Satis, Marcus, Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator for South Carolina, to keep his job. I right. don't. I still I still think he'll get fired. Um, but, man, they have one more game against Clemson. And if they have any kind of – it's going to – hey, South Carolina-Clemson next week, must-see TV. That's yes. going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, South Carolina is proving to you they have dudes. Like, they've got some legit NFL players. Um, yeah, like Cam Smith, like the corner. He, I thought he played really well, shadowing kind of Jalen Hyatt just all over the place. That's all. That's what you have to do, stay on top of Tennessee, make them make long, sustained drives. And it's hard to do. We can't. Can we talk about Hen and Hooker? Like I was the, just gonna the, say, yeah, absolutely. The in, the injury there was, no one wants to see that. Like it's a, it was a non-contact injury. Like he and Spin reported since that he he tore his ACL. He's a good kid. Like of of all the yeah of all the guys out there, he's the one that you don't really want to see that happen to. 
Um, you don't want to see it happen to anyone, but him especially, I guess. I yeah, he's an older quarterback. I think he's 25 years old. I just hope he recovers and gets to, gets his shot at the NFL because if he hadn't, like I think he was definitely going up on the draft boards. There's a chance he yeah. would have won the Heisman this year. Um, yeah, it's you you feel really bad for him. Um, yeah, as his career at Tennessee is probably over. Right. Yeah, feel bad for the guy. It was it was legitimately a pleasure to watch him play. And I know it's disappointing, like Tennessee's not going to the playoff. It's disappointing for them. But the mm-hmm. fact is, we still saw some incredible football from them like that we haven't right. seen from Tennessee in a long time. I kind of view right. them a little bit the same way as I view like 07 Oregon with Dennis Dixon, another quarterback who had a terrible injury that yeah, yeah was that ended his season, um, who was also kind of a Heisman frontrunner. Um, so I, I guess maybe, maybe Tennessee wasn't 2019 LSU. Maybe they were 2007 Oregon. And there's still something fun about that team that you'll always remember, even if you didn't ultimately get where you wanted to go. But we can just we we can lay the 2019 LSU comparisons yes. to rest <laughs> with Tennessee. Um, right. Yeah, it's confirmed. 2019 LSU, uh, they never gave up 63 points to anybody. So yeah, um, yeah no, good good for them. Um, yeah, I, I I was quite okay seeing it. I'll be honest, I really enjoyed watching this game. I just I've been going back and forth. Shocking from Tennessee. a Georgia fan. Yeah. Well, fair fair enough. But <laughs> I've been going back and forth with Tennessee Twitter for the last really last three four weeks. It's a nightmarish place to be, man. Those, those guys are active on Twitter. Do not make them mad. Yeah. Um, however, they I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I took some shots. I took some shots back at him Saturday night, Sunday morning. That was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, Arkansas beat Ole Miss 42-27 to in a game that was not that close. I I was wrong in this game. I assumed Ole Miss would probably win. I yeah I I don't know what happened. What what do you, what did you see? What what do you take away from this game? Lane Kiffin's already getting a coaching staff for all. <laughs> That's what I took from it. I mean truthfully, like we know we know Arkansas is going to be physical. Like they're going to run. KJ Jefferson being playing is really good. Like it turns out that actually works out pretty well for Arkansas. Um, but yeah, I mean this was a bloodbath. Like the game was over at halftime. So yeah, I I, I think yeah, Rocket Sanders is really good. KJ Jefferson, really good. Arkansas is well coached, but Lane Kiffin has one foot out the door. I do not think that I would be shocked if he would stay at Ole Miss, especially after the last two weeks. Right. Okay. Huge game in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is still alive. We can report that for the college football playoff. USC beat UCLA 48 to 45. And it was just as fun as that score suggests. Both offenses basically unstoppable, at least when UCLA was not throwing interceptions. Um, I think I think they threw three in this game. Still scored forty five points. Caleb Williams out of, played out of his mind. Played so well. This USC offense is really good. Yeah, I. What can you say? What What do you take away from this game, Ashton? The fact that USC held Charbonnet to under a hundred yards is yeah. stunning. I think that's stunning because that's where we. I mean, that's really what we thought would like be kind of the the weak spot of the USC defense was not being able to stop the run. And Charbonnet is a physical runner. UCLA has a good offensive line and they run on people. Like that's kind of what they do. Um, Seeing them shut down Charbonnet, not shut him down, but slow him down, contain him um, was, yeah, that was, I think the most surprising thing. USC is, especially with the Tennessee loss there. I mean, they're in, in prime position, prime position right now to still be a, a playoff team. Which is, yeah, I I wasn't high on USC 
going into the year. And there's no doubt that they have, they've surprised. They have, mm-hmm. they've really surprised people just with their, the depth that it takes to, to continue winning. UCLA is a good football team and you beat them at their place. I know it's not yeah. much of a home field advantage, but it's still their place. Um, yeah. Shootout kind of like what we all thought it was going to be, but USC comes out on top tricky game next week against Notre Dame. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, to win, to go to the uh, PAC 12 championship. I, I still think USC will lose one. I think between, I don't know if it's to Oregon or to Notre Dame, I guess they're probably going to play Oregon um, with Oregon's mm-hmm. win, but that's, I, I think they're going to lose one of those two. I don't think they'll, they'll go undefeated and make the playoff, but it's still surprising that they've made it this far. Well, they have the one loss to Utah. It's, it's yes, the question right. is, can they, can they make it with that one loss? And, well, and if I, they go, if they go undefeated from here out, they will like yes. if, with, ten, with Tennessee's loss, USC will get in if they went out and win the Pac-12. I like. I think they will. They're already at seven. I think they'll be in. Um, I, I I don't think they'll win out though. I guess is what I'm saying. It would be very interesting if it comes down to twelve and one USC against twelve and one Clemson. Um, yeah, fair. That would be that would be fun. Um, yeah. Okay. One last game to talk about: Oregon beats Utah twenty to seventeen. Another Pac-12 game. I didn't quite catch all of this game. Um, caught a little bit what what did you what do you take away obviously you mentioned Oregon probably going to play in the Pac-12 championship game I haven't actually looked up to see if that's settled um they're pretty yeah. good I think what do you think yeah yeah no I, th- I think so as well I think I think they're a good team the I will say of, of first year head coaches Dan Lanning has done a great job you're yeah. seeing um like some some guys really step up and and kind of almost elevate their team to a level that, that they, they didn't even before their, the previous coach um, mm-hmm. uh, was, was either fired or, or, or resigned, but Oregon's a talented team, but Dan Lanning has done a really good job of bringing Bo Nix, elevating him and yeah, creating confidence really for not just Nix, but the whole team, like they're, they're playing, they're aggressive, um, they're, they're physical and yeah, they've got some talented players um, on both sides of the ball. So I think Oregon will win the Pac-12. Like I think, I think they'll win out and win the Pac-12 again. Yeah, hot take. That's that's fine, but good good for Lanning. Like I'm I'm yeah. happy for the for all the guys. Happy for Bo Nix to have some success. Um, I think he deserves it. I he's he's playing really well this year. This this game wasn't his best game by any stretch, um, but he still yeah he played really well overall um, mm. through, throughout the course of the year. So yeah, good for Oregon. I think I think they'll win out. I think they'll win their next two and finish eleven and two. You mentioned kind of the first year coach thing. So we talked a lot the off season about kind of the seven high, highest profile coaching yeah. hires at LSU, USC, Miami, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Florida, and Oregon. Yeah. And Lanning was probably the lowest, the least known of the seven. Right. right. We kind of threw him in there because it's Oregon and they're still a pretty big brand. Now, ironically, right. the one we didn't mention at all was Sonny Dykes. Um, and he has yeah, TCU right. like in prime position to go to the playoff. Yeah. So he, I mean, you kind of have to by default give him the the best coaching grade for sure. for all these he- head coaches that are in their first year they're at their new schools. Right. That said, like Dan Lanning, like I think a lot of people figured he might be seventh out of the seven. Yeah. Clearly, that will not be the case. Oklahoma, Florida, and Miami all below him in the pecking order at this point. So yeah, just just want to point out he's doing a great job. Marcus Freeman has pulled it around a little bit better at Notre Dame. And obviously Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley are doing 
great jobs as well. So there were some yeah. big time hires this last off season. It was not hyperbole to say that that was some big time stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I think he, he maybe didn't get enough praise early on. He, he was one of the few that hadn't coached anywhere else before. Uh, most of the others had, had actually had head coaching experience. Um, yeah, there was him and a couple of us, I think Freeman and Venables were also defensive coordinators um, right. as well for first year coaches, but um, yeah, no, good for him. They're, they have, they've set themselves up but winning games like this, like they did against Utah on Saturday sets you up for things down the road. Like maybe not mm-hmm. even this year, but next year building blocks. Right. Okay. Just the other notable scores. I won't, we won't talk about these, but I'll just kind of mention the scores that mattered. Navy beat UCF 17 to 14, big oof for, for their new year, six bowl chances. Indiana beat Michigan State somehow in double overtime. They were losing 24 to 7 at halftime, came back and won 39 to 31. Kansas State beat West Virginia 48 to 31. Notre Dame beat Boston College 44 to 0. True freshman corner Benjamin Morrison, three interceptions in this game. Louisville beat NC State 25 to 10. Clemson sat on Miami 40 to 10. Texas <laughs> beat Kansas 55 to 14. Clearly, they were hearing the talk about how Kansas always plays them close. Payback. Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State 28-13. Really wasn't that close. They were up 28-0 early and held on. Didn't didn't keep their foot on the throats, I guess. Like, you would have liked to see them score a little more, but but they did pull a win out. And then LSU beats UAB 41-10 in a game that people thought there's, you know, a 4% chance of something crazy happening. Um, Didn't come to fruition. Hmm. Anyway. That was kind of week 12. Uh, just a brief locks recap. Ashton went one and one, yep. 19 and 15 on the year. I also won one game out of my eight that I picked, um, which drops me to a despicable 28, 50 and two. So I've made you all a ton of money this year if you've been fading me. So if you've been fading me, congratulations wow. on the three new houses that you just bought. I like that. <laughs> yeah you're really good we'll just keep you around have you make picks all the time just put a thousand dollars on whatever he doesn't pick that's right that's right down. yeah clearly i'm a lot better at anything else than picking games against the spread right now okay let's preview week 13 the final week rivalry week thanksgiving weekend what a week of college football every year um you just want to sit in front of the tv all weekend um, it's one of those weekends yet again. It starts Thursday on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Classic Thanksgiving matchup, the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State is at Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole Miss favored by three. Ashton, what happens here? Or is it just the type of game where you just watch it and just enjoy whatever happens? No, I mean, that's the Egg Bowl. That, that's the, yeah. the whole point of it. You, you have no idea what's going to happen. There's a chance that both of these coaches might not be back. I mean, there's a real shot that Leach – is not the guy at Mississippi State that they're kind of done with him. There's kind of those rumblings underneath some undertones. Yeah, on the message boards, at least, for Mississippi State, they would say that. Kiffin is probably gone. It feels like he has a foot out the door already. Let's just see if both coaches even show up. Like, <laughs> like I'm, that's that's more what I'm curious. Anything can happen here. You remember not too long, just a couple of years ago, DK Metcalf, he actually got in there and he pretended that he was um, – he just scored a touchdown for Ole Miss, pretended that he was a dog. Like, Elijah Moore, I believe it was. Was it not DK Metcalf? I thought no, that was DK it was, Metcalf. It was, was after that the Metcalf. Okay, yeah. I got you. Um, yeah, a good, a good NFL receiver, mm-hmm. but just doing dumb stuff for yeah. whatever reason. We're not even sure why he did that, but he did. Um, so, yeah, it's the Egg Bowl. Like, this is, this, this is really good TV, especially late on, like, Thanksgiving night. Yeah, you want some of that. You don't watch the Egg Bowl 
to watch the highest quality football in college football. You watch the Egg Bowl to see just ridiculous, insane things happen, and you just enjoy it. Do not oh. bet on this game. Do yeah. not bet on this game. <laughs> no. Just be smooth. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, Friday. Number of games on Friday as well. Um, we'll just talk about one. Florida is at Florida State. Florida State, a 10-point favorite. They're playing really well as of late. Yes. Florida, both. I mean, they're playing well one week, and then they're losing to Vanderbilt. What do you expect mm-hmm. out of this game? Florida State is really good right now. They've put up 40, yeah. well, almost, with the exception of uh, Syracuse, they put up 38, but, like, they're scoring a bunch of points against the last four teams they played. Um, yeah, they had that tough stretch in the in the middle of their year where they had back-to-back-to-back losses, Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. But they have put together a nice stretch since then, winning four games, blowouts every time. They like they're just hammering people right now. I think Florida State wins. I think Florida State probably covers. Not betting on this one, but I really like where they're at with Norvell. He that Florida State could have went a lot of ways after that that three game stretch where you lost three in a row. They rebounded as well as you possibly could. Just go blow go blow teams out. Go blow teams out. Try to go nine and three. That's a good year for Florida State. That's a um, a a building year for them. They have some. They have a ways to go still, but that offense is humming right now. Um, I like Florida State. Yeah, Florida State fans. If you'd asked them before the year, will you take nine and three? A hundred percent would have said yes. Like that's All a day. great season, even though it's been kind of quiet. Like sure. sort of behind the scenes, they might go nine and three. Um, right. Good year by them. All right. Moving on to Saturday. Starts off with the game. Michigan is at Ohio State. Ohio State is seven and a half point favorite. We've talked about this game a lot. Um, obviously, last year Michigan won for the first time in a while. Yeah, in the snow, in the cold. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be a little bit warmer this year, but also there's rain uh, most likely going to happen in this game. So there's some weather to deal with. We differed on this game last year. I'm curious to think. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this game this year. So the number opened at eight and a half. This year, um, the number was exactly eight and a half last year as well. Um, Ohio State was also favored. We know how that one ended up. I like Michigan. I think Michigan matches up really well with Ohio State. That's Michigan has has modeled their whole team to match up with Ohio State. I think running the running the ball, taking your, your limiting possessions, um, and 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 playing sound, playing yeah, don't turn the ball over. McCarthy, he he hasn't been dynamic like what we were hoping for maybe with McCarthy, but he hasn't turned the ball over. He does. He's not throwing picks. So I think you do that. You take care of the ball. Um, I'd like to see McCarthy do some stuff running. I think he needs to be really active running against Ohio state. I don't think they, they do well against that. I like Michigan. I'm not sure they'll win outright. I do think they'll cover. Like I, I think Michigan keeps this one close. Yeah. Like you mentioned, there's a chance this, this one gets a little sloppy, some rain. Um, Yeah. It's supposed to be a little chilly, kind of windy. Um, well, um, I, I have the Columbus weather pulled up on my phone and check it regularly, um, in the last really two or three weeks for this. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be on the West coast. So this game is going to start at 9am for me. I yes. will be up watching the whole thing. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be really close. I'm going to go ahead and say Michigan wins. I think okay. that I, I definitely have them covering. I think Michigan wins outright. All right, I'm going to disagree with you, not like strongly, but I'm going to take Ohio State to win. I just feel like 
I feel like their their whole off season and really the entire season as well has been trained on this game. They sure. hated that they lost this game a year ago. Sure. They can't stand it. They they view Michigan as their little brother, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. yeah. Their whole season has been leading up to this, I think. Um, so I do think Ohio State is the side. I this feels like the game where afterwards you're like how did we not see that coming? <laughs> like, no sure. matter what happens. Like, it, it just feels like you should have seen it coming no matter what happens. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely going to be watching this game. Yeah. Another game that you just need to be tuning into, um, and there's too many of these, by the way. Sure. S- South Carolina at Clemson. The only reason I would say it's must-watch TV is because of what we just saw last week with South Carolina destroying Tennessee. Clemson is a 14 and a half point favorite. Yeah. If last week had never happened, we would look at that line and wonder why. At least I would. You you might understand uh, it. Yeah. Last week did happen. Like there is a non-zero chance now that South Carolina puts up 60 points in Clemson. I know. I know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair what enough. what do you what do you expect to happen? I I have no idea like what will actually be happening a game I'm not betting on. I think it'll be really entertaining, though. I think there South Carolina could go and beat Clemson. You know how like how big a deal that would be for South Carolina, right? Clemson is you. You don't want to say Clemson's sputtering. I don't like that. That's I mean they are like offensively, it's not great, but they haven't beaten a really talented team. Like Clemson hasn't come out and made a, a statement. They need Clemson really needs a statement win. If you can come out and beat South Carolina by three, four scores. Like like the, what Clemson's capable of, um, that's that's big for the committee because I think Clemson needs help at this point. I think they're behind USC, um, not just in the in the playoff rankings, but like just in the way that people view them right now. Mm-hmm. I think Clemson is is clearly a a step behind USC right now. Should both teams win out, um, battling kind of for maybe that last playoff spot potentially. I think Clemson needs this one. South Carolina, like really, like they you, they've had to take a backseat to Clemson for a long time now. They're feeling really good about themselves. They are, and rightly so. It's going to be really good. It's going to be inter- really inter- entertaining. Go to the game if you have a chance. If you're in the area, some reason, yeah, live in the area. Go to that football game. I think it's going to be really cool. Good atmosphere in Clemson. I'm going to zag just a tad, just a tad. Okay. I think that this is the type of game that feels like it's going to be bigger than it actually ends up being. Um, bigger was maybe the wrong word. Tighter is maybe a better word. Okay. Um, I think Clemson wins this game relatively comfortably. They need I, to. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that South Carolina, like I said before, like if you just, if you ignore what happened last week and you can't completely do that, but it just feels like this would be Clemson by 17. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that I'm, I think that it's more likely South Carolina is the team that we saw the first 11 weeks of the year as opposed to in, in week 12 when they decided to all of a sudden turn into <laughs> 2019 LSU to, to use a joke there for that we've been talking about. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like, like you said, Clemson kind of needs this win. Um, they could bail the committee out by losing it, um, make their job a little easier. <laughs> I, I think if the final spot comes down to under, uh, one loss Clemson against one loss USC, why don't we just take USC's offense and Clemson's defense and put them in there? 
<laughs> I like that. That's a good football team. That's a yes. good football team. That team could go right now against Georgia right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. That um, team would probably not, lay points against Georgia. Just saying. Probably. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, no, I like that. All right, another rivalry game. Louisville is at Kentucky. Kentucky, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Louisville fairly hot recently. Kentucky, not so much, but fought yeah. last week against Georgia, at least defensively. Does it make sense to you that Kentucky is favored here? Does it make sense to anyone that Will Levis is still going up the draft boards? No. Oh. The correct answer is no. Nothing makes sense about the Kentucky team. They lost to Vanderbilt and played super physical against Georgia. It made no sense. Um, yeah. Like, how do you lose to Vanderbilt and then come out and be that, like, <laughs> that physical against the run against Georgia? I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that. The correct answer is I don't really know. There's There's certain teams, if you want to bet, Bet on teams that you have a good feel of. Kentucky, you there's no they, they've they've shown you nothing. Same with Louisville, by the way. True. You don't know. You do not know what you're getting with these with these football teams. Yeah. So watch watch the football game. It'll be entertainment. Um, it could go either way. Kentucky could blow out Louisville. Louisville could blow out Kentucky, and you don't really know until you start watching. So, yeah, That's I right. I think yeah, just save your money. Don't bet. Please don't bet on this one. But um, do watch. I think it'll be it'll be a good football game. Right. Okay. Auburn is at Alabama, the Iron Bowl. Bama favored yeah. by twenty two and a half. Alabama put up a pretty good showing last week. I mean Auburn. I'm sorry. Auburn put up a pretty good showing last week. Alabama. I mean they've been fading like we like we've been talking about. Clearly not their best year. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is there a chance that with the interim coach here that Auburn? pulls out some Auburn magic and just makes this a game down to the last drive. Like we saw a year ago, Auburn might win. Auburn <laughs> might just flat out win this football game. Um, Alabama has nothing to play for zero things. They're eliminated from playoff contention, right? They're not going to get to go. So the, the only, like, that's all those guys at Alabama. know. like, like yeah. they don't, they don't not go to the play. Like what, what does that even mean for them? Like what we're going to go to like the citrus bowl. Like what's the, what, what's the point of doing that? I don't think they care. I really don't think they care. Auburn is playing with their hair on fire. They're not very good, but they're playing super, super hard for Cadillac Williams. Yep. He's probably not going to get the job full-time. Again, I think that'll go to Kiffin, but Auburn's playing really, really hard. I I think Auburn can come out and push Alabama around a little bit. I do. I think Mm -hmm. this game will stay close longer than you think. Hey, Auburn wasn't any good last year at all, at all. And Alabama was had the, the Heisman winner. And that game went to four overtimes last year. So and Auburn like, should have won. Yeah. Auburn absolutely dominated that game and had them shut out until the midway through the fourth quarter. So yeah, it it's it's the Iron Bowl. Anything can happen. I would be Auburn. I would be on Auburn. If it's at 22, 22 and a half, um, take Auburn in the points. I I yeah. I really like that. I think they cover. I agree. Okay. Iowa State is at TCU. TCU nine and a half point favorite. This is the last game that they need to Go undefeated in the regular season. Obviously, they still have a Big 12 championship game coming up. None of us saw this coming. What a year by TCU. They keep escaping. They keep winning games by one score, which you could talk about what that means for next year, but this this is not next year. This is this year. This team feels, you know, they a little bit of like a, the team of destiny type of thing, um, yeah. at least for a regular season. Any chance Iowa State just mucks this game up and drags them down into the mud and finds a way to pull it out? Or is TCU going to win this game by one score like they always do? Does Wait, are you saying that Iowa State has a coach that has been in these situations before and <laughs> continually upsets top-ranked teams? Right. What? 
like, of course, there's a really good chance that that will happen. Yeah. The line, <laughs> TCU only favored by nine and a half. Iowa State might be, they're one in 12, or sorry, one in seven in Big 12 play. Uh, Iowa yeah. State might be the worst team in the Big 12. There's yeah. a chance. There's the, and TCU is the best team, right? Right. We don't, we don't even have a 10 point spread. Like right. we do not even have a 10 point spread. So it's, I mean, yeah, Vegas is telling you again, this game's going to be close. Anything can happen here. Iowa state is a program that's used to this. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> don't, don't bet on it, man. There's some games <laughs> just to stay away from, just stay away from this one. Yep. Is this one of your locks? Like, no, it's ahead. not. Come on. No, oh, okay. no, the, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. Anything can happen here. The, the, the saving grace, it, it is in Fort worth. Like that's good for TCU. I think the weather's going to be pretty good again. I think that's good. I think um, I like TCU. Maybe this time they actually have time to call a timeout and then kick the game winning. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Maybe they'll have learned from last week and call a timeout first. Right. Okay. LSU is at Texas A&M. LSU a and LSU nine and a half point favorite. Almost feels like we shouldn't even talk about this game, but then again, like look at the names on the helmets and, and you sort of have to like, <sighs> These are two programs going wildly different directions. Sure. What what do you where do you start with this game? So you start with playoff implications. L- yeah. LSU if if LSU wins out with the Tennessee loss this past week, if LSU wins out, they get in. You're you're not going to be able to keep a, a a they will have the best win in all of college football. They're currently ranked well. They will be number five tomorrow night after Tennessee falls below them. LSU will be in. Um, I think there's almost there's almost no doubt about that to me. Um, so there is playoff implications. This is at Kyle Field. It's only a 10-point spread. AM, this is AM's gonna kind of pull a South Carolina a little bit. We have players, we've got dudes, we're not very good, but for one game for 60 minutes, we we will galvanize, we will give our best shot against LSU. That could really happen. That that really could. I think AM's fractured though. Like I don't think they're gonna galvanize. I don't think they're there's not gonna be any glue over the week that pulls them together, or at least, at least I'm not betting on it. Right. LSU is six and one in conference play AM one and six in conference play. They have nothing to play for. They will not be going to a bowl game. I, all that said, I think it's must watch TV. Like it's playoff implications and AM absolutely could win this game at home. It, it could happen. It could happen. I, I have a hard time seeing it. Yeah, me too. Texas A&M just played literally the worst team in FBS, the 131st best team in the country, UMass. Yep. And that game was trash. I mean, it was just a close ask, game at half too. Yeah. Just was, yeah, was, just to ask all the Texas A&M fans that left at halftime and didn't come back. There were did you see pictures cuz there was like nobody yes. in the stands after halftime. Right. I think that a lot of players in this team are just done with the season. I don't. I mean, I know yeah. you. You could try to get them up for the. It's the LSU game. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to be motivated. I don't think they're very good, even if yeah. they would be motivated. I think LSU's playing pretty well, and they need. I. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I don't think it's written in stone that they're in if they win out. But okay. winning big here would be part of the puzzle, yeah. and so I think they're going to be motivated. So I'm taking LSU to cover. We'll talk about that later. okay yeah okay another big rivalry game notre dame is at usc usc a four and a half point favorite 
This game is definitely a clash of styles, to say the least. We have USC with their high-powered offense and not very good defense. We have Notre Dame with a good defense. Good running game, not a whole lot in the passing game. Ashton, what are you looking for in this game? The fact that the line is so low, like it's suspiciously low. Uh, it feels like USC should be favored by a lot more, especially with that offense going against Drew Pine. Um, mm -hmm. You really like the quarterback advantage for USC right there. But I think I think there is something to it, the fact that Notre Dame could could slow this game down, run the ball. It's what we wanted them to do against Ohio State in, in the first game of the year. Notre Dame's 8-3. and three. And had they not lost to Stanford and Marshall, they would be 10 and one. And this would be for a potential playoff spot. If you win, yes. um, they did not. And yeah, eight and three, but they're still a good football team. They're playing really well as of late. Um, I think it'll be close. It's not a game that I'll be betting on. Uh, you may, I'm not going to, I think, I think Notre Dame can make this one interesting. I think this one stays fairly close. Yeah. My head says that USC should win this game by at least a touchdown just because I mean, it's Caleb yeah. Williams against Drew Pine. Uh -huh. But Notre Dame is playing really physically right now. They, they've they been running the ball well for most of their games in the second half of the season, including against Clemson, where they ran at will, despite having basically a non-threat at quarterback. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe this is just the team that doesn't turn it over wins. I don't know. Because yeah. this could be a – it feels kind of weird to say this about a Notre Dame game. It could almost be a bit shootouty as far as mm -hmm. just both teams scoring a lot. Not a, not not your classical shootout where both teams are dropping eighty yard bombs. USC might do a little bit of that. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to expect just because it's such a weird a weird matchup. I do think that there will be a lot to take away from it. Um, Lincoln yeah. Riley and Marcus Freeman they're going to face each other. A lot more times i think and and yeah both programs could really use this win for sure yeah no agreed i think they're yeah there's no doubt that usc is farther further ahead than what we thought um yeah yeah going starting the year so potential playoff team i, I think i think usc maybe needs a little help but i do think that they are still a probability to get in if they went out um i think yeah i think they would sneak in over over clemson um, all things holding, holding the same. I don't, but I don't have a good feel for this game. Like I don't, I, it's on the road, which is usually not a great thing, but there's no, there's no home field advantage for USC. Like that's not, that's not Williams Bryce from last Saturday night that like there won't be many fans and the, the ones that will be there won't be loud. So yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think in that case, you can kind of almost discount um, like home field advantage there a little bit. I think Notre Dame kind of keeps it close. That's kind of my feel. Mm -hmm. I think the line's actually probably about right. Um, yeah. Cause if the line was anything over a score, I would be trying to get in on Notre Dame <laughs> uh, yeah. over, you know, seven points, but I think the line's about appropriate. Yeah. I, I, I think that one huge feather in USC's cap over Clemson, if they were to win out would simply be this game. Um, yeah. Right. Clemson lost to Notre Dame in an embarrassing fashion, frankly, yeah. And if USC wins out, it will by definition have beaten Notre Dame. So that would be a big comparison point that it would be hard to ignore. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. All right. A, a game I did not think we would talk about this late in the year as having some stakes. Tennessee is at Vanderbilt. Okay. Tennessee, a 14 and a half point favorite. 
what they were playing for was the playoff at that point in the season. And that's right. that's over now. Vanderbilt, on the other hand, they're playing to make a bowl game. And unfortunately, <laughs> like we talked about Hendon Hooker, we hate to see him out. But that means that Joe Milton will be playing for Tennessee. Yes. So we got Vanderbilt playing for bowl eligibility against Joe Milton. Now, who would not want to watch that? <laughs> they call him Bazooka Joe. Bazooka Joe is yes. his name. Is That guy has – he has an absolute <laughs> cannon, by the way but not much for decision-making in the middle of the field. Um, he, he throws the ball a long way, and that's kind of about all he does. So um, he, the line, 14 points. Vanderbilt yeah. and Tennessee. Tennessee was a playoff team literally last week, um, and, and Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. That line is 14 points. Are you kidding? Does Tennessee have anything left to play for? Like it feels like that that was so deflating of a loss that you went from having it all out there to now this is it, man. Like like we're I mean we're going to be ten and two. That's the best case scenario. Um, the yeah, I'm staying away from it. I'm not betting on this one. I I, I think if you play like a three high, like three safeties high on defense for Vanderbilt, you don't let Bazooka Joe throw over the top of you. <laughs> like I don't think I don't think he's going to be able. If Hendon Hooker couldn't go down the down the field either so um yeah i i i think vanderbilt i think the line again is about right i i think this is tennessee's a better football team no doubt um but i'm not letting people go pile a whole bunch of money on vanderbilt that's why i keep that line so low sure thing okay oregon is at oregon state the the game formerly known as the civil war oregon a three and a half point favorite on the road in corvallis mm-hmm We've been talking about Oregon State some, especially in the offseason we talked about them, and then they've quietly gone eight and three. With most of that without Chance Nolan, their starting quarterback. They're yeah. yeah, they're sneaky good. That said, like, do you feel like they can actually beat this Oregon team? No. Like I think I said, I think um in the in the preview from or sorry, in the recap from last week, I think I think Oregon's probably the most complete team in the Pac twelve. Um, this is a rivalry game and, and Oregon state has, has overachieved. I feel like, like no doubt, but Oregon's on a different level. Like just from a talent standpoint, I think Bo Nix is playing really well this year. I think he's going to continue to play well. I think they run the ball. They have a good receiver there in Franklin. I really like their offense and I think their defense is physical. So yeah, I think, I think Oregon, this is, I, I don't, I mean, I think it'll be close, but Oregon is the they're the more complete team overall. I, sure. I really like how complete they are right now, um, and I think they're the yeah even on the road. I th- I still think they're the best team in in the Pac-12, and I think they win. Yeah, I I kind of view it a little bit the same way as I viewed when Oregon State was playing USC, which that game didn't make any sense by the way. But what I said at the time was I like Oregon State against most decent teams. I don't know that I like sure. them against kind of the cream of the crop teams. Right. And Oregon is one of the cream of the crop of the Pac-12. And I think Oregon State is kind of that next tier. And I don't know if they have quite the horses to hang super, super tight. Now, yeah. I say all that knowing it's happened before. And, and I like Oregon State. I like what Jonathan Smith is doing there, their sure. head coach. But, but sure. yeah, this just, just feels like Oregon has a roster that's just clearly more talented. I feel like they yeah. – they don't have as much to play for as they used to, but they're still playing for a New Year's Six Bowl game. And that, that right. would mean in, something in to Dan Lanning in his first year. Yeah, 
And their conference. And their like conference. They can, yes. they can still win the Pac-12, which is like if you're a first-year head coach and you won your conference, like that's that huge success. Like that's Absolutely. that's something that you build with um like even recruiting, like that affects everything. So yeah, yeah. I, I think Oregon will be plenty motivated, not worried about that. Yeah. All right. We had a lot of games we didn't have time to actually preview, but I'll just kind of run through them right now. Uh, Friday night, Baylor is at Texas. Texas, a eight and a half point favorite. Also Friday night, Tulane is at Cincinnati. Cincinnati, a two and a half point favorite. NC State is at North Carolina. North Carolina, a six and a half point favorite. All of those are watchable, I would say. Saturday, Georgia Tech is at Georgia. Georgia, a 36 and a half point favorite. Georgia Tech feisty right now, but Obviously, Georgia is the more talented team. Minnesota's at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's favored by three. This game would have meant a lot more potentially a month ago. Still still is a battle for pride, rivalry game. Michigan State is at Penn State. Penn State favored by 18.5. Kansas is at Kansas State. Kansas State favored by 11.5. And and I believe all they need to do to go to the uh, Big 12 championship game is win this game. Um, which I think they probably will, uh, but it is a rivalry. Kansas has played well at times this year, so we'll see. Pitt is at Miami, Florida. Pitt is a six and a half point favorite. Miami, another team that feels like they've kind of quit on the season a little bit. We'll see what happens. Mm. And then one last game, the Apple Cup. Washington is at Washington State. Somehow Washington is only favored by two and a half, which feels wrong to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Washington State has been feisty this year, so okay, yeah, okay. What are your five games to watch for the last time this year, Ashton? I, isn't that crazy? This yes. this is the last time we do this this whole year. I, I was hoping you wouldn't mention that. <laughs> Sorry. We won't we won't preview another regular season week. Like just so like just until week one of next year. Like yeah. oh it's gone so fast, man. Let's not I don't want to get emotional yet. I okay. Know. Week game one. Of week, this is uh, 13, right? No, 12. Sorry. No, it is 13. Sorry. Week 13. 13. Game to watch. It has to be the game. Ohio State, Michigan. Yes. It's It only means everything to these guys. You have to watch that. Um, number two, I think, is going to be uh, Notre Dame, USC. Again, playoff implications. I think that matters a lot. Um, at four, I actually like South Carolina, Clemson. Again, I still think some playoff implications there. I think that's I think that's entertaining. Um, and I will will go with. I think that was oh, only wow. three. Was it, sorry, sorry, just three. Yeah, we're gonna finish up with um, Iowa State, TCU, and then the last one will be LSU and A and M. Pretty much sticking with only playoff implications this last week. Just kind of watching the games where there's a team that even if they get yeah they're they're the favorite, but if they um, if they get upset, it, it affects the playoff. So trying trying to watch the playoff teams um, this last week of the regular season. That makes sense. I'll, I'll be doing a lot of the same. I decided to go with a couple different games. So I have Ohio State, Michigan, of course. I have South Carolina, Clemson, and I have Notre Dame, USC. Those feel like mm-hmm. no-brainers. For my other two, I'm going to the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State at Ole Miss Thursday. Sure. That just and feels same. like must-watch TV. And yeah. then my my last one, I am I'm trying to find it. Sorry, I lost it. I'm just going to the Iron Bowl, Auburn at Alabama. Yeah. I've I know there's not a playoff stakes here or anything, even conference stakes. I, it's it's Auburn and Alabama, and it. I don't know. I just have this weird feeling that it could be pretty tight, and oh yeah, and it's usually oh, yeah. fun. So oh, yeah. that said, like there's so much football this weekend, you can't go wrong. Don't pick five, pick fifteen, and watch there them. All. There you go. I like that. All right, locks of the week, Ashton. What do you got for your last regular season week? So, I mentioned that I like Auburn. The line is twenty-two and a half. That's a lock for me. Lock it up. 
I think Auburn covers. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think they keep it close, and I question Alabama's um, intensity. We'll just say intensity because they had Austin P this last week, and they kind of kind of screwed around a little bit there and kind of left that one. Like they they only scored 34 points. That was yeah. That you you expect more. You expect more from Alabama. I don't. I, I just don't think they have it right now. I hate to give you the kiss of death, but that's also on my list. So. No. <laughs> okay, you go first, and then I'll follow. Let's do that. I, I we. I really want to hear yours, though. No, you're first. You're oh, first. Oh man, you're just gonna fade me. Okay. I. It's worked. Has the problem not? is, yeah. I always make my picks. And you always say, yeah, I like that. And then you never agree with me. And you're always right. correct to do, to not agree with me. But you always like my picks. I'll just say that. <laughs> okay, I'll just be honest with you this week. Honesty only. Yeah. Okay, Arkansas minus three against Mizzou. I'm taking Arkansas. With KJ Jefferson back, I just think they're definitely better. More than a field goal better than Missouri. I agree. I'm taking Clemson minus 14 and a half against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think you might like that I have that game because you're definitely on the other side on that one. I just think Clemson, they have a lot to play for. And I think that the South Carolina game was an anomaly. I don't think we're going to see that kind of performance twice. So that's what I'm betting on. All right. Another one that you might like that I'm taking, I'm taking Ohio State minus seven and a half against Michigan. Again, 60% chance of rain, but a high of 53 degrees. Yeah. I think Ohio State has been waiting for this game for an Mm -hmm. entire year. Sure. They're putting it all together this Saturday. Um, Are I they? Just, they're kind of hurt. A little, little beat up there. We'll see. Feel okay. free to fight me. I encourage you to, because fading me would be an excellent idea. Keep, keep going. Keep all right. going. I'm taking Oregon minus three against Oregon State. I just think, like I said earlier, Oregon State is a clear tier below. I like them. I really like them as a tier two Pac-12 team depending how, how wide you want to make your tiers or whatever. But they're a clear mm-hmm. step below Oregon for me, and Oregon is still fighting to win the Pac-12. So give me Oregon. We already mentioned Auburn. I have Auburn plus 22 and a half against Alabama. I have mm-hmm. LSU minus nine and a half against Texas A&M. Texas A&M has quit. The, I just – they have the portal flu. LSU is they, – they need, they need some – they need some uh, – how do you say it? They just need to be impressive here on out and while winning out and beating Georgia, excuse me, in the SEC championship game. But uh-huh. they, it certainly would not hurt them to, as far as playoff implications, to beat A&M by 30 points here. So I'm not calling 30, but I think nine and a half is a little too low. And I like that it's right under that 10 point um, margin. Okay. And sticking with that theme, just being under a good, a good number, I'm taking Pitt minus six and a half gets Miami. Miami okay. feels a little bit Texas A&M-ish to me. They're they're done. Yeah, they're done. Um, Pitt will beat them by a touchdown. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also taking Washington minus one and a half against Washington State. Most lines out there are two and a half. I found a one and a half. I just think that they're clearly better than Washington State. Um, even if it's only by a touchdown, that that would still easily cover. So those are mm-hmm. mine. Fade me. What what do you want to do, Ashton? What what else you got? Okay. I'm backing out of the Auburn selection. I am oh. not going. I am not going with Auburn. I will hang no. on. Hang on. You agreed with me. We can't agree. No, I'm not. I'm trying to. I I'm actually trying to win here. I am taking Georgia Tech to cover 36 and a half. I think it is. I mean, it might even be as high as 37. Georgia Tech to cover that against Georgia. I'm. They're, they're not going to win. They're not even going to get close to winning. But that's a really, really high number. And Georgia Tech is. 
they're improved. Georgia Tech's improved since they fired their coach. Since they fired Jeff Collins, they're a scrappier football team. That's without a doubt. I think Georgia Tech keeps this one close. Lock number one. So a little nugget on Michigan-Ohio State. Like 95% of the public money is on Michigan to cover the point spread. Wow. Okay. And that just has all kinds of vibes like Georgia-Tennessee, like from a couple of weeks ago. The, The public is not right. With seven, 95% of the public aren't right about anything, zero <laughs> things. So that one has scared me off of that. You're right. I like Michigan. I think they cover personally. I'm not going to lock it up. I'm not going to be putting money on that. There's too many, too much dumb money um, on Michigan right now. It was at eight and a half. It got bet down to seven and a half. Just leave, leave me out of that. Just spare me with all of it. Um, I, I, I like where you're at with the Ohio State selection. Because like you're at a place where no one else is. Everyone else is is climbing all over Michigan. Again, I like Michigan. I like how they match up with Ohio State. I really do. But yeah, I, I see your side of it as well. I'm staying away from it. I'm not going anywhere near it. I currently just have one with Georgia Tech, Georgia. I'm going to take another one. We're going to go with two. And I'm I'm waffling between between two of them. I really do like Notre Dame to cover. <laughs> um, I can see it. Can you get anything more than five against USC? Let me let me look it up real quick. Okay, so I have that one at five. That's one that I'm looking at. And the other one that I'm looking at is um, the, hang on, still scrolling, still scrolling. UCLA is only favored by 10 against Cal. I know it's at Cal. We don't think there's much of a home field advantage at Cal. I have a Notre Dame five and a half. I'll take it. Give me that one. Notre Dame five and a half, Notre Dame plus five and a half and Georgia tech plus 36 and a half. I think I can still get it. So I'm going to go with both of those. Those will be my two locks of the week. The, that is not, they're not the ones that I came with. I wasn't feeling good about, um, or sorry, I was feeling good about those, but I was feeling much better um, before I learned a few things <laughs> about Michigan and Ohio state just mm-hmm. a few minutes ago. So yeah, I'm just going to stay with those two. Um, anything you want to convince me of? I'm willing to be convinced. I'm willing to be convinced and go for three. I am not in a position to try to convince you of anything. Uh, okay. Based on right, my fair. betting record this year. So. Okay. No, that, that's fair. I was hey, just, just checking, just seeing if you had anything, anything <laughs> else in the hopper. Like, did you have any others that you kind of felt good about? Uh, there's a few, but then I, I just had way too many logical reasons to stay away. So I, okay. I wasn't particularly close to any others. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of a boring answer, but no, no, that's fine. That's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, Would you crush me if I went Vandy took Vandy 14 and a half? I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it personally, but I I would totally understand. Like there's definitely a game script you can see playing out where Vandy at least covers, if not outright wins. Like you can definitely see that happen. I'm not going to. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with just the two that I have. Um, I like those two. Those. I feel really good about the Georgia Tech cover. I. I think Georgia's going to be saving just a little bit for the LSU. Like they, they know Georgia's biggest games are still coming, and and Georgia Tech's not very good. So I think Georgia's going to win. I think they'll win comfortably. I don't think they're going to win by more than 37. So right. Okay. Anything else we should talk about before we wrap this up? No, I don't think so. Virginia and Virginia Tech actually canceled their game. Is it the Governor's mm. Cup? I think that's that the right. battle the battle for the Governor's Cup. Just with everything that's going on there, that's that's all I right. really had. Yeah. 
Lane Kiffin, by the way, I'm going to refresh Twitter because there was a lot of buzz on him just to, ju- literally Ooh. just like 10, 10, 15 minutes ago that he was gone. Um, there was It was actually reported, um, and then it got – yeah, he's kind of shooting it down now. He just tweeted, well, like, yeah, 20 minutes ago that, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not gone yet. But it is uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll, – there's, there's, okay. There's, there are journalists that have said that it's happening, that that, that it is absolutely happening, and they're just, they're just, yeah, you know, um, crossing the t's, dotting the i's type of thing. While the season's still on, but as soon as Friday's over, um, and and the egg bowl's passed, then Lane is on his way to the plains, um, yeah. for Auburn, and and I think that would be fun. We need that. Yeah, and he's he's kind of attacking the journalist. It looks like. I, is, I will yes, say he that that's, he kind of has to do that probably if he's still trying to win another game. The egg bowl he's not, in particular. Yeah. No, he he he's not attacking him too hard. Like he's he's more like, hey, you know, you're not supposed to say that. How dare you? How yeah. dare you? <laughs> but like, I'll actually still be. Yeah, like it. It's it's one of those things where you know, he denies because he, he has to deny. Like yeah, and, but it's actually going. It's a real thing. I think there's some real teeth there. That's CBS Sports. Like that that guy's from CBSSports.com. Wow. There are some teeth to that. That's not just made up. So I think he, it probably got leaked to maybe a little early. Is kind of my guess. Um, but I do, I would be surprised if he's not going there. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have. If you, if you're done, let's wrap this episode up. It's been good, okay. man. feels crazy. Our last regular season preview it's over. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. But yeah, so is life. We'll move on. We have more football to come. Um, any, any idea who plays who next week, week one? Like next year, sorry, next year. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. I have not looked at next year's schedules yet. Oh, what a bummer. It's over so fast. Man. I know. Yep. Well, let's okay. wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you all.